2: The Markley, Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He is uh, going to place some bids on Hunter Biden's artwork. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll, so uh, we'll be getting to the Hunter Biden developments uh, in just a couple of minutes. But Scott, right before coming on the air, you alerted me to the existence of some new audio and i'll tell you this the the setup is this okay so john durham remember the, this is the special counsel that had been investigating the origins of the trump russia conspiracy theory and while you know the the criminal exposure for the people involved is apparently very very limited if exi- and actually in his words non-existent uh he did say that there were a lot of problems with the origin of the trump russia investigation on the part of the fbi because this whole rumor started with the Hillary Clinton campaign. The FBI knew it started with the Hillary Clinton campaign. The Obama administration knew it started with the Hillary Clinton campaign way back in 2016. And yet the FBI opened up a full investigation and we were subject to two years, and actually there are still Democrats who believe it, of a conspiracy theory that Donald Trump, a duly elected president of the United States, stole the 2016 election with the help of the Russians. And yeah. that is a conspiracy theory that holds to this day. We just had audio of Representative Ted Lieu making reference to the Kremlin contributing to Trump's campaign. So, uh, it, so anyway, this is a big deal. So, uh, but of course, Democrats, uh, you know, as much as they want to talk about disinformation and whatnot, that's one piece of disinformation that they hold on to. And they are holding on to it for dear life uh anyway there's a hearing going on with john durham as he is talking about what his findings were and democrats are absolutely beclowning themselves <laughs> and one guy who really doesn't need any help in this arena is a guy by the name of hank johnson hank johnson a representative yeah. democrat from georgia who once feared that Guam might tip over if we put too many military officials on the island, too many uh, boats and helicopters and planes and people and whatnot. Guam might tip over. He also once extolled the virtues of having helium in balloons because then clowns and comedians can use that funny voice. I'm not making that up. None of it is. all (laughs) all true. And then also went on a long screed about how... If you gathered enough midgets together, they could beat a giant in a cage match. Right. On the House floor, this guy said I this. I mean,
3: you know, there's, it, it's a tough competition, but I believe Hank is the dumbest
2: member of Congress. He's one of them. That is for yeah. sure. Top five yeah. easily. Easily. Well, he was asking John Durham... About uh, the investigation, and apparently he made a fool of himself. I yes, have not he heard this audio.
3: Oh, boy. Okay.
1: But
2: anytime Hammer and Hank Johnson is in the news, I want to know what Hank has to say.
4: Yeah, you're going to love this one. Okay, All right, here we, here we go. The investigation led to the indictment of only three individuals, correct? That's correct. Well, And indictment contrary, of- and indictment contrary to the fervent prayers of some on this panel, uh, former FBI Director Jim Comey and former CIA Director John Brennan were not among those three who were indicted. Isn't that correct? That's correct. And to the extreme disappointment of some on this panel, your investigation failed to produce indictments against Hillary Clinton, correct? That's correct. Didn't indict Barack Obama. That's correct. Didn't indict Joe Biden. That's correct. Couldn't even indict Hunter Biden. We didn't investigate Mr. Hunter Biden. And of your three prosecutions, one ended with a guilty plea to an We unre- Couldn't even get Hunter Biden. We didn't investigate Hunter we Biden. Biden. We didn't. No, he was Wait a minute. Hold on. No, we didn't do that. Unrelated, uh, uh, unrelated to the origins of the FBI investigation. And that individual received a probated sentence with no jail time, correct? Parts of that are correct. And the other two men you prosecuted went to trial on the charges, uh, charging—they they were accused of lying to the FBI, and both were slam-dunk acquitted. Isn't that correct? They were acquitted. And none of the individuals you prosecuted were ever charged with being—
2: Yeah, I don't know what a slam-dunk slam
4: dunk acquittal, acquittal looks like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's like, well, they were acquitted. They I were don't acquitted, know. yeah.
4: <laughs> Part of a hoax— or a fraud or a witch hunt or a politically motivated deep state conspiracy against Donald Trump isn't that correct? I would not say that that's accurate. You mean you did charge somebody with being a part of a hoax?
5: We charged Mr. Sussman with having knowingly provided false information to the FBI regarding Alpha Bank. But and he was lying. he was acquitted though, right? After well, that wasn't your question. He,
4: well, he was Mr. <laughs> Sussman was acquitted after you charged him, correct? Grand jury found. He was found innocent by a jury of uh, by a unanimous jury of twelve. That's not true. Well, what's true is the grand jury found probable cause to indict Uh, Mr. Sussman. A jury of (laughs)
2: just well that's not hold on a second that's not true i'm obsessed with the term uh slam dunk Dunk. acquittal i (laughs) like that one i I like where this video ended here you got john durham who's like looking up at at the uh, chairman of the uh, committee just like do i really have to keep answering this guy's questions? right because i don't know where he's going with this He's like, oh, he really—it
3: was a real gotcha when he did the
2: Hunter Biden thing. (laughs) Well, he didn't. We weren't investigating (laughs) Hunter Biden. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, More on that later. Uh, Well, speaking of Hunter Biden, uh, MSNBC's Chris Hayes is having a really hard time because he's slowly realizing that Republicans might actually be right to question why Hunter Biden had access to millions of dollars from foreign sources while his dad was vice president. And now that he, of course, has agreed to plead guilty to. Tax evasion charges, and is essentially—I mean, it's not technically the term, but like colloquially, you would say he basically has probation on the weapons charge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but during Chris Hayes' monologue last night, this is how desperate these weenies are. Chris Hayes actually tried to spin this as Republicans are just trying to hurt Joe Biden's feelings by talking about this. Oh God! Terrible. If you watch right-wing media, and I don't know how much you do, they are obsessed with Hunter Biden.
3: It's
6: just sort of engage in a kind of ritual humiliation of him, a mainstay of their programming. And it is all, frankly and clearly, an attempt to wage a sort of psychological warfare upon
2: the president.
6: Joe Biden has no control over the actions of his adult son. We all know that. I think the people pressing these ridiculous attacks know that. His sole surviving son, we should note, who he obviously loves deeply. No one, no one should lose sight of what
5: this was all about, the sheer sadism of an attempt oh, to yeah. wield a son's addiction against the father for political purposes. That's what has animated this
6: entire enterprise from the beginning.
2: I mean, he's not alone in having that assessment, which is completely dumb. I mean, it, it, is, it is absolutely not what the issue is. And I can prove that with one simple thing. Another one of Joe Biden's kids, uh, Ashley Biden, sadly, has also struggled with drugs. And how often has anyone in right wing media gone after. Ashley Biden. None that I'm aware of. I mean, there was one instance where it wasn't even about her, but it was it was from her diary. Remember, that was found left at a rehab facility that had one line in it that suggested that perhaps Joe was abusive. Towards her. And even then it wasn't criticizing her. I mean, when we found out that Ashley Biden wasn't on the campaign trail in 2020 because she was in rehab, which the campaign lied about, nobody was attacking Ashley Biden for that. Nobody's attacking Hunter Biden just because he's a he's a crackhead. All right, if he were just a crackhead and he was kind of embarrassing to the president, the focus wouldn't be on him. That much. I mean, it would certainly be a story because of the excesses that he was involved in, obviously. But there is no psychological warfare. The issue here is whether or not Hunter Biden was running around the world while his dad was vice president, cutting deals, trading off the family name, and whether or not Joe Biden had knowledge of this. And and was being compensated for it. Right. Which there's evidence that shows that he was compensated for that. Yes, that's the issue. It has nothing to do with the fact that this guy was a crackhead. I mean that that and, and I like how Chris Hayes puts in there, by the way, you know one of his other sons died. Well that's sad. I mean, yeah, well, Bo Biden passed away of brain cancer. That and what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> like what well, it,
3: he's <laughs> trying to paint this sympathetic picture of the Bidens. Right. And and to make you feel guilty for wondering aloud why the crackhead son was allowed to make deals yeah. dropping the family name and paying off the old man and the, and the uncle too, at the same time. Right. And, and seven other Biden family members who were on this alleged
2: payroll. Do, do you also, do you remember during, I think it was the first debate that Joe Biden and Donald Trump had and Donald Trump was all over the place. And I remember coming in the next day saying, okay, yeah, he's lost the election with that. You don't, you, you know, this was a chance to sort of reset with the American people and, he, he, he was all over the place, and I guess he was, probably had COVID, actually, at that time, because yeah, yeah. it was just a couple days later where he tested positive and had to go to the hospital. Um, and maybe that had something to do with it. But one of the things that I, even, I saw a lot of conservative media types, I mean, this show included, when Trump randomly blurted out your, your son got kicked out of the Navy for testing positive for cocaine, got kicked out like a dog, I think was the term. And a lot of people were saying, dude, no, that's not the issue. The issue with Hunter Biden isn't that he had a drug problem. There's millions of Americans who know someone or are someone who struggled with substance abuse issues. That's not it. That is something that certainly it's it's heartbreaking if you know somebody in that situation. But that's not what the criticism is. The criticism is whether or not Hunter Biden was doing corrupt business dealings and Joe was getting a cut. Right. That's the deal. But... I mean, that's what's it's so frustrating about this, because now you've got all these people in legacy media also coming out and saying, well, you know, uh, Hunter Biden has been very open about his struggles. And this is why he missed paying his taxes and blah, 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 blah. I mean, trying to paint this guy out as being the ultimate victim, which leads me to this piece of audio that I think is brutal and hilarious and true. I happen to agree with this. Tucker Carlson dropped a new video on Twitter Uh, In light of the Hunter Biden plea deal being reached. So he went through the fact there are several other crimes that could have been brought against Hunter, but weren't. uh, And this really just reeks of prosecutors said, well, we have to charge him with something. So we'll go after low hanging fruit. That's and then hopefully this goes away. And he made an interesting point here, though. That it's not just about a two-tiered system of justice, or some have said three-tiered system of justice, where you've got like normies, then you've got elite on the wrong team, and then you've got the elites who are protected. But it's about the hallmark of liberalism, that whatever was once considered virtuous must now be considered contemptuous, and vice versa. And it is true. You look at yeah. you know uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, talking about the nuclear family needing to be abolished. And they're not the only ones. A lot of people have that Marxist ideology uh, where everything that was once considered good is now white supremacy. It's racist. It's it's xenophobic. It's all of these things. And and here's the point he made. And he brings up uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary. And this is devastating to me. I think it's hilarious, but, right. man, it is mean.
6: Here's a small example, but we think a revealing one. In addition to his many other sins, Joe Biden has hired what has to be the single dumbest, nastiest, most dishonest, most ridiculous person he could possibly find for the very public position of White House press secretary. There's a point to it, of course. It was a humiliation exercise. It was designed to degrade the country and dispirit the rest of us. That's the White House press secretary? Shut up! But here's the thing. The White House press secretary herself has no idea why she's in the job she thinks she's amazing here she is in a clip we just saw
3: many
7: things many things that made me incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment again this is a historic administration i'm a historic figure and i certainly walk in history
6: every day i'm a historic figure (laughs) imagine saying that i'm a historic figure but she does and she says it in a burst of sincere self-congratulation, marked by her signature bad grammar. Illiterate, but proud. <laughs> of course she's proud. <laughs> Karine Jean-Pierre is now a historic figure, just like Hunter Biden is now an important artist. He makes you feel stupid for going to work. <laughs>
2: <That's> true. <laughs> a lot of people are like you know what screw it man i'm just going to become a crackhead and make paintings and uh, what? well, whatever you know I've, i'll be celebrated uh, for it geez. all right off and running on a wednesday uh we've got well donald trump talking about the COVID vaccines this could be a liability for him in the republican primary we'll talk about it next <laughs> The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Uh, we'll be getting to the uh, Trump talking about the COVID vaccines in just a few minutes. I want to start. I want to hit this story. Wild story out of Boston, where a 32 year old social worker was busted posing as a teenager in multiple high schools.
3: Yeah, so, I read this story. Was this for some sort of documentary or? I, I don't know what exactly
2: the the Uh, what motivates
3: you at 32 to pose as a high school student and go back to
2: school so she went to three different high schools transferring from one to the other under false names uh in the last academic year i guess yeah the one that just ended Uh, the school district says a boston public school staff member noticed irregularities in the paperwork on file and reported it to district leadership who then contacted the cops Now, according to the report, a guy showed up at the school and told administrators, hey, I'm going to be withdrawing my daughter because of bullying. Now, the police report said school officials found this decision odd because the woman was enrolled at the school less than a week earlier. So somebody going in like Ferris Bueller style saying, I'm withdrawing my daughter because she's being bullied. School district's like, well, that didn't make any sense. She just got here. Right. Let's look into this. And then, well, turns out, yeah, it was forged paperwork here. Now, this is my favorite part of the story wcbv tv went to one of the schools and talked with a couple of the students and this is i, I don't know why i find this so okay. so awesome and endearing what these kids have to say as they're processing this news any time now computer here we go
0: Dead you didn't think twice you thought no. she was in your class i thought she was a normal student I didn't know she was 32 older than the whole chicha. She sound like a teenager, like... I can't believe this right now. She she was cool. She was a
4: cool person. Just like,
0: just like a normal hospital. She was really nice, actually. Yeah, no no, weird nothing. She definitely didn't look 32, I can tell you that. I wouldn't have thought she was 32. But, dang, she was 32? (laughs) Dang, (laughs) she was 32? (laughs) Man wow
2: i can't wait to hear more about this story though i i want to see a picture honestly
3: i do too uh let me ask you a question yeah if the sexes were reversed and this was a male who did it yeah would the reaction be the same
2: uh no it'd be chugging the chipper yeah.
3: exactly right Cause, exactly
2: yes because you know the guy is up to no good right like, but we just assumed the woman was just goofing on people. Well, I don't right? know if she was goof- goofing or whatever, but yeah. yeah, if it's a dude doing it, you're like, a, Yeah, yeah, oh, it's so, it's a whole different thing. What, yeah. What's your problem here, guy? Well, yeah, what exactly right. were you exactly. up to here? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, but I
3: can't believe you passed, at 32, you passed as a 17, 18-year-old. Yeah. A
2: bunch of women in Boston are like, what is your skincare routine? Yeah, um, no kidding. Tell me about that. Wow. All right, we'll get to uh, Trump talking about the COVID vaccines. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here as always. You know, Scott, we've talked about this for more than a year at this point. As soon as it was made very, very clear that Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, would would very likely be seeking the nomination to be the Republican. Yeah. Presidential candidate. And while Trump is still obviously the front runner up by double digits and it's not even close, um, it it really looks like it is between Trump and DeSantis. And I've, I've said for more than a year, the biggest liability that Trump has is the covid response. Not for the reasons that the left have tried to pin on him, like, like Joe Biden saying if 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 Trump had done his job, all the people would still be alive. Blah 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 all that nonsense. Right. Yeah. No, it's 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 that, you know, he essentially handed the keys over to Anthony Fauci. Yeah. And that's a liability because when you can contrast that with the governor of Florida, who at first listened to some of the advice, there were some lockdowns and whatnot, but then pretty soon, very publicly started pushing back against it. And he took a lot of heat from liberal media about it. I mean, do you remember uh, when the Super Bowl was in Tampa? You had CNN down there freaking out because there were all these people, they're not wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All that craziness. And so I, I, I do think that on the biggest event of the last three years, which was COVID, Ron DeSantis, quite frankly, can absolutely draw a distinction between himself and Donald Trump. Well, he stood strong, too, Yeah,
3: in the face of some of the craziest criticism yeah. on the planet. I mean, he stood firm in his beliefs yeah. and the belief on how he can handle this in his own state.
2: And, and then you're hearing about more and more about the, the COVID vaccines, which were developed because Donald Trump pushed Operation Warp Speed. They were turned around very quickly. And the jury is still out on like how many people were injured by the vaccine and all that, that's going to take years to really unwind. Uh, But once it became clear that these vaccines were not doing what they were supposed to be doing, you know, Ron DeSantis started backing away and saying, listen, if you want to get it, you can. And then he had his, uh, his surgeon general uh, go out there and say that, yeah, young people, teenagers, we're not recommending it because there's really no benefit and there is some risk. So we're, right. not, we're not going to do that. And, and, you know, Trump in the past has admonished people at his own rallies for booing the COVID vaccine and all that. Obviously, that's going to be a big part in the uh, Republican primary. And so that brings us to this moment from that interview on Fox News when Brett Baer asks him, point blank, do you think, in your mind, the vaccines worked? Did they work? It's such an interesting question,
8: because not only that, I also did the Regenerons of the world, you know, the whole, we did a tremendous job on that. Uh, But we had a vaccine. Now, you have different, You have different COVIDs. You had COVID-19, and then you have different COVIDs. But we had, original was COVID-19, which was the roughest one. So I have a Democrat friend who's very smart. Hopefully he votes for me, but he's very smart said I don't understand one thing about you. I watch your rallies They're incredible. You talk about beating Isis. You talk about taxes. You talk about uh, Regulation you talk about everything But you never saw said that I've never heard you talk about how the incredible job you did with the vaccines because as you know I got them done in nine months and it was supposed to take anywhere from five to twelve years I broke their ass, okay, (laughs) and you know who doesn't like me too much the FDA because they were very bureaucratic, and I got it done. And he said, you may have saved in the world, throughout the world, 100 million people, and you never talk about it. I said, I really don't want to talk about it, because as a Republican, it's not a great thing to talk about, because for some reason, it's just not. For some reason? Yeah, for some reason, because people love the vaccines, and people hate the vaccines. I
2: I think, again, when you're you're saying, hey, look, I, I... horse whipped the fda to to rush through or to get this approval done you know in the heat of battle i think you can defend that you can say look we had this pandemic going on we needed to get something out there and we were hoping that this did the job When it comes to what then the FDA and the CDC and all other uh, bureaucrats across the country wound up doing, which is to uh, try to force kids who didn't need it to get this vaccine without knowing the full uh, range of risks associated with it. Well, that's pretty inexcusable. And that didn't happen under Trump's watch. But at the same time, if he's saying, hey, I I got rid of some of the bureaucracy, Mm -hmm. well, then your actions did lead to that. And that's that's a big vulnerability for him. Um, you know, I don't know how how well this plays. I don't know if it, if it's going to be all that damaging. I just have that feeling that that's kind of the ace up up Ron DeSantis' sleeve right now is being able to say, hey, look, when you were following Anthony Fauci, I was ignoring him. And that, yeah, yeah. So,
3: well, and, and you know, in, in fairness too, I mean, Trump had a, there was a hell of a lot more scrutiny on his decisions than mm-hmm. there were DeSantis. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, in terms of a national plan versus one for your state. Right. I mean, and and he was hearing some voices that he probably should have tuned out. Yeah. But they had the authority at that point in time to offer him the advice that they were giving him. And he acted on that on several different occasions.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Again, I I don't know how many people are going to hold every decision uh, against uh, Trump and and how well that plays. But at the same time. When Ron DeSantis can say, I ignored Fauci and you listened to his every word. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. Well, DeSantis did something too incredible when with the rollout
3: of of the vaccinations, even at that point in time, or the testing, yeah. it was done in areas of high concentration of elderly people. Yeah. I mean, he his strategy was completely different yeah. than what you saw at a federal level. And at the end of the day, who had the best strategy? Well, Ron DeSantis. Did. Yeah, it,
2: and it worked out.
3: Yeah, and, and, and he he did it. And not only that, but all these uh, these arrogant Democrats with their, you know, masking and shutting things down stuff all went to Florida to hang out on the beach. Right, exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah so, <laughs> yeah.
3: you know, you got something going on there.
2: So it's very interesting, and I don't know if Trump has really settled on what exactly his defense is going to be. Um, I don't either. But it will be interesting to see it. Uh, That
3: didn't sound like much of a defense, if any, at all. Not really, no. No. All
2: right, uh, it is that time to do What's Your Story? It's time when, well, it may not be the biggest story of the day, but it's something that caught your attention, and you thought, you know, I want to bring this into the show. All right, so what's your story, Scott? What are you bringing in today?
3: Uh, Chicago's new far-left mayor, Brandon Johnson, is working hard to implement a $25 million program that would subsidize rent costs for illegal immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even make this up. <laughs> a plan a plan that comes as Johnson's liberal allies in the press uh, say you got to cut funding for other priorities to do this like policing which we need more of. <laughs> and these are liberal allies. Johnson is eyeing a plan right now to provide more than 6500 illegal immigrants with 6 months of rental assistance. Ooh, Again, what? 25 million is the cost according to the Tribune this morning both city and state taxpayers in Illinois would be on the hook for the plan given that Johnson is seeking state assistance, quote, post-quote, mm-hmm. to fund it. In addition to the rent subsidies, Johnson also wants to work with the federal government to expedite work permits for the illegal immigrants so that they can sustain themselves after these subsidies expire. Okay. He said that this is really ultimately resettlement. <laughs> That's what
2: he said. Okay. Well, that that I have like six thoughts going through my mind all yeah, at right, once I on know. this thing. So he's not listening at all to the most Democrat-heavy areas of Chicago, who have said, "Hey, why are you settling or resettling these illegal immigrants in our neighborhood, it was South Shore and whatnot?" Yeah, South Shore. Who've yeah. been who've been protesting. Uh, In heavily African-American communities who have actually gone full-on replacement theory saying, hey, you're diluting our voting power. Mm -hmm. To which I respond, well, I looked at the election and y'all voted for this. You voted for this guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. And like, you voted for him
3: because you thought somehow this would benefit you in the long run. Yeah. And now he's throwing you under the bus because it's
2: easy to do it, and that's oh, exactly what he's doing. Yeah. You got and Illinois is
3: broke, and so let's go ahead and pony up even more taxpayer dollars. Okay, good plan. <laughs> I mean, and,
2: not to mention, yeah. I mean, there are people who are struggling to make ends meet right now, and you're about to give six months free rent to people rent. who are in the country illegally, illegally, yeah, or or here on specious at best. Asylum claims? That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But hey, man, you get what you vote for. That's right. Uh, For my story today, I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, Conservative female politicians tend to appear happier and more attractive in pictures than liberal politicians, according to new artificial intelligence studies done in Denmark. So they found AI can predict a person's political ideology with 61% accuracy by analyzing just one headshot. (laughs) What they did was they put 3,200 publicly submitted photos of political candidates who ran in 2017. Uh, They put it into the, uh, what is it, Microsoft Azure's Face API tool to assess the person's emotional state. The analysis found that uh, about 80% of the faces displayed a happy expression, 19% read as neutral. But on the left, basically, the more unhappy you look, the more liberal you are. And I think it's actually sort of – it's looking through the wrong end of the of the microscope. It's the more miserable you are, the more liberal you are. That's true. Because it, it's, it's been such a weird shift, really noti- uh, noticeable over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Now, you, you've got some years on me, Scott, so maybe you've noticed this earlier than I did. But it just seems like uh, it has really – when I was growing up, the idea of like conservatives were sort of like frumpy, you know, older, get off my lawn types, you know, a little bit more serious about things. But now, man, every mainstream liberal that I see on television, that I read in newspapers, they are all miserable people.
3: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
2: It's like if it's not for complaining about politics, they don't have anything to live for. I feel bad for them.
3: Well, and they get up in the morning looking under their bed for something to complain and whine about. Yeah. And they do it all the time. And you can, well, you know, again, I don't want to get into structure of their purple hair and nose rings <laughs> yeah, and, well, you know, that sort well, of thing.
2: But well, you do that. It's it's the midlife crisis, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's
3: just, it is, though. I've often said that. I said, you know, the happiest people I know are conservative people.
2: Yeah, they don't. And the most miserable.
3: And, again, this is me. This is just my life experience, okay? Mm-hmm. And and the more miserable they are, the the more far left they are.
2: Yeah, I remember one of my because
3: favorites. and really and because there's boogeyman everywhere. Yeah, there's people out to get you everywhere. And if it weren't for them, you would be. You know, if it weren't for B, you would be here. Yeah, so it, it doesn't make any sense.
2: I remember one of my favorite listener emails was a hate listen. Uh, somebody <laughs> yeah. just really hates the show, and I had made oh, that yeah. point. That you know every liberal I know is just kind of miserable in their personal lives. Like there's just an utter lack of fulfillment, and you know you have to look at every individual to figure out exactly why there's a lack of fulfillment. Uh, but this lady wrote in and just said, "I just want to tell you, you're completely wrong. I'm liberal and I am very fulfilled." All caps, yeah, and I'm like, right. "Lady, lady, you stopped what you were doing, found my email address, and then sent." to me an email that contained the phrase, I am very fulfilled in all caps. Right. Yeah. Do your cats yeah. know where you are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, lady, obviously you are lacking something. And I feel bad for that person. I really do, but... That and all the psychobabble nonsense right. that
3: they spew all the time, too. You <laughs> right. know? Yeah. It,
2: is, it is a little bit sad, yeah. but science yeah. has shown now that, uh, yeah, the more conservative you are, the happier you appear to be. Interesting stuff there. Yeah. Uh, follow no, the science. Follow the science, exactly. That's right. Uh, maybe yeah. liberals... That's why liberals like masks so much, because <laughs> it, it hides their frumpiness. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a news update on the way. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here, as always. So, uh, Hunter Biden has struck a plea deal, of course, with prosecutors, pleading guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and essentially getting probation for the gun charge. Um, a lot of people have been pointing out that this really isn't uh, the same treatment that a lot of other people would get. You know, I mean, it, One of the examples that I've made repeatedly here is on the gun charge in particular, lying about drug use while uh, going through the process of of purchasing a firearm. Uh, There's a woman in Virginia who's going to prison for upwards of two years for doing the exact same thing. But she's not the wealthy son of the president. So, yeah, she's going to prison. Uh, However, CNN's Jake Tapper I know you like him a lot, Scott. The haircut, the original haircut. Yeah, he climbed high atop moral Mountain to mm, yell gosh. at anybody who, uh, I don't know, would have a problem with Hunter Biden not really facing the most serious charges in this moment.
0: Yeah, if they're concerned about a two-tier system of justice, they should learn a little bit more about the kind of justice system that poor people in this country get, because that is really a two-tier system of justice. Yep.
2: That's what a lot of people have been talking about, dude. Well, yeah. What the hell course. is that?
3: I don't I don't even know. How does that <laughs> correlate at all with what just happened?
2: I mean, here, here's the thing. If somebody is uh, poor and they run afoul of the IRS, the investigation doesn't take five freaking years. No. The investigation is over in about five minutes. Yes. And you're either going to jail or you're going to be spending years paying back the IRS. Yeah. And your partner over here is one of those people. That's what... <laughs> And I, it's like you don't qualify as poor, but at the same time... No, no, not at you know, all. I'm not suggesting
3: that. But I'm just saying a regular guy yeah. who was, you know, in a hospital bed for six months who somehow, magically, did, no one paid, bothered to file income tax for. He was unable to. Does it matter? Nope. Penalty, by the way, attached to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here we go. So, yeah, of course it's a process. Yeah, And, of course, you know... But, again, Hunter Biden, this is political, man. I mean, his family's got a ton of dough, no question about that. But yeah. that had nothing to do with this. Oh, no. The, the, and the money had nothing to do with you it.
2: You got you got powerful people who are looking yeah. out for him. Yeah, so rich, poor, otherwise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I just love that, though. Jake Tapper going, well, you should uh, learn a little bit more about how poor people are treated. Yeah, I know. Yeah. A lot of conservatives have been talking about the January Sixers, too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I hope there's enough <laughs> oxygen when you ascend a moral mountain, today.
2: right? Right, exactly. He got Gosh. there on the back of a Sherpa, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, I like this story. If you're looking for a new job, a billionaire in the U.K. is hiring a live-in dog nanny to take care of the family's two dogs. It pays $127,000 a year. Damn. Yeah. Now, they do want you to have a pet experience, specifically with rich people's pets. <laughs> so you're not just the riff raff, right? Right, exactly. Hundreds of people have already applied. Of course, I mean it is. Uh, it's a fancy staffing site that has accepting applications now called Fairfax and Kensington. Mm, yes, count me in. I know, man. I'll do that job. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. This Walk is the, the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
0: Are you ready?
2: The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robin. Jamie Mark Lee is out today. Thank you so much for being here.
3: I got to tell you something, man. I get to, every time, man, David Van Camp starts to laugh out loud right before we go on the air. And I say, you got something? He goes, oh, yeah, got something.
2: I think so. Yeah. So right, uh, okay. today the House of Representatives is holding a hearing featuring John Durham. This was the special prosecutor who was investigating the origins of the Trump-Russia investigation. And, you know, again, the, the criminal exposure to the players involved was extremely limited. But the main takeaway is that this never should have happened. Now, one of the reasons why there is a lack of criminality is because the bar is so low when it comes to opening up a counterintelligence uh, operation or investigation. Yeah, they can pretty much do it, even if they know it was based on a lie. So John Durham is testifying. And everybody's doing their stupid little speeches. And if you've listened to the show long enough, you know a lot of times I, I hate stupid little speeches right. on Capitol Hill. It has to be something really good for me to appreciate it because at the end of the day with the Durham stuff, nothing's going to happen, obviously. Right? But we might as well have a little bit of fun along the way. And for that, I bring you audio from Representative Troy Nell's Republican, uh, who was talking about the investigation into Donald Trump. For allegedly being a russian agent to steal the election
5: and here it is on page of your 50 page 15 of your report it says that in the summer and fall of 2016 dolan and then traveled to moscow in connection with a business conference the business conference was held at the ritz carlton in moscow which according to the steel reports was allegedly the site of salacious sexual conduct on the part of trump parents if you're watching, earmuffs for your kids now, folks. Put earmuffs for your children. <laughs> Mr. Durham, was this salacious sexual conduct? What is that? Um, the allegation was that- um... Okay, don't, don't answer it, I will. Okay. Think about this, America. In the game of politics, it gets dirty and nasty. And the people will say anything to beat their opponent. But this is the government doing it. Even the director of the FBI, Comey, said, it's possible Trump was with hookers peeing on each other. (laughs) Christopher Steele said an infamous Trump pee tape probably exists, alleged pee tape incident was the only sex Trump party in Russia. You want to irritate the suburban mom at home, Five months before an election, tell them the Republican-leading candidate is peeing on prostitutes. We are aware of the member of this committee having an alleged affair with a Chinese spy. I refer to as Yum Yum. But this is a new law for anyone, and I would hope Mr. Swawa would agree with me.
2: <laughs> I don't know where Yum Yum came from, but he's, refer- <laughs> he's referring to Fang Fang. Yum the, Yum. The, the, the spy. Gosh dang. The spy that you know, eric swalwell was involved with and, and swalwell is there correct yeah he is yeah he's, yeah, he's, there. he's on right the there i mean that's that's why you can hear people the democrats are like boo shame. Oh, all right. we did was accuse the 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 former president of having hookers pee on him and you're bringing up yum yum
5: how dare you sir we need decorum in this Gosh, we are damn. aware of the member of this committee having an alleged affair with a Chinese spy, I refer to as Yum Yum. But this is a new law for anyone, and I would hope Mr. Smart Smog- <laughs> would no, boo. Like, I
2: like boo. So uh, Representative Chip Roy, uh, 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 Texas Republican, uh, is just up and to the right of Representative Nells, and as soon as he says Yum Yum, okay, so he's just trying to hold back a right. guffaw. At that point, Chip Roy, fairly serious guy, but it's 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 funny because he just, he's just about to start laughing. I don't know why he refers to her as yum yum, but that's fine. All right, we we we'll, I'll go along with that. I I I have no problem calling Fang Fang yum yum. No, it's perfect.
3: I prefer it actually.
2: Yeah. The Fang Fang yum yum. That's actually number seventeen at my local Chinese restaurant. I don't know if you knew that. Anyway.
3: Extra yum yum. Yeah,
2: uh, moving on. Uh, Hunter Biden, of course, has struck a plea deal with prosecutors, pleading guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and essentially getting probation for the gun charge. It's it's not technically probation, obviously, but they're basically saying don't don't do it again, or we reserve the right to prosecute you. Right. Um, which is not how that works. If if they do bring that charge, a lot of times that person is convicted. Uh, Most of the time that person is convicted. Um, Anyway, his lawyer, Hunter Biden's lawyer, was on MSNBC and was asked whether or not he was worried that the judge wouldn't take prosecutors' recommendation for Hunter to avoid jail time and was asked, hey, do you think that would be fair?
7: The prosecutors are not asking for jail time. Are you concerned that the judge here might freelance?
1: Um, I think, you know, look, there, there are documents that haven't been publicly released yet. I think people have reported what the prosecutors are asking for. I think you have to wait till the court proceeding happens to know. But, you know, I think the judge is going to do what's fair. And I think what's fair is, you know,
3: my client gets on with his life.
2: Mm -hmm. It's just fair, Scott.
3: You know, this Hunter is a good person nonsense. Yeah. He's not a good person. No. He's a bad person. He's a bad guy. Well, yeah. I, he, I mean, any guy that ignores a child he created and fails to support or even acknowledge—screw you. Yeah, that alone. N- not to mention everything else with this guy. Right. And Joe Biden's a bad dad. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I I heard him say this the other day, and again, I've heard this term before, where where they'll they'll do this in 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 their showing their support. I mean, I support my son nonsense that he spews out all the time. How about this? How about I love my son? However, mm-hmm. he's done things that disappointed me. As a dad, I can relate yeah. to that one. <clears throat> I well, can't this whole, no, listen, I support my son. He's the smartest guy in the world. And he continues on with this stuff.
2: Yeah, and, and Hunter Biden is traveling with him abroad and whatnot yeah so look i I hope hunter can stay clean and all of that stuff well me too
3: i don't want bad on him no but But
2: at the same time yeah to say that it's it's just fair to let him go on with his life when he
3: yeah uh, he's a good guy you know
2: well no committed crimes and you need to be punished for those things
3: well and 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 the lack of acknowledgement by his dad Mm -hmm. or himself of a child that's four years old now he's the father of Yeah. Sorry, man. That excludes you from the good guy club. Yeah, it does. Right there. You don't have to like it, Mm -hmm. but you have to support the child, and you should in more ways than just financially. Yeah. Uh,
2: In my humble opinion. Yeah. Totally switching gears here. A retired teacher in Brainerd, Minnesota decided to read from a book that's in the school library. Oh,
3: gosh dang, I saw this.
2: And this is what every
3: stupid politician who pushes this kind of stuff should have to do.
2: Yeah. Every one of them. Because we hear about, oh, conservatives are wanting to ban books and whatnot. Oh, yeah. yeah. they Liberals who keep saying that never, ever want you to actually showcase what the material actually is. No. And this is the kind of stuff that Joe Biden has explicitly said he wants in school libraries. I will warn you. Uh, you know, again, you've got kids oh, in yeah. the car, earmuffs, yeah. that, that kind of stuff. Um, it, it is It is graphic. This is available to middle schoolers. Yep. And so this retired teacher said, well, you know what? I'm going to read from it. And you can actually hear someone on the school board going, oh, no, <laughs> as yeah. she's going on.
5: Page 19, I laid a towel on the sheet in case I bled, and then I watched Seth roll the condom over his penis and i want to like it but i sort of don't and i feel him spasm and spasm and he makes a sound that would be funny in different circumstances before he is still he says collapsing against me
2: yeah and it the whole clip is actually like 2 minutes long yeah and it's a lot more graphic than a, that yeah so yeah. i just i wanted to try to give you a sense of what exactly is being handed out to middle schoolers is anybody really going to go out there and say that this is appropriate for a middle school? Right. And,
3: and again, if you if this is your stance, politician, and if you're the guy that's saying this, girl saying this, then by all means, let's take that book off the shelf, you sit down with a bunch of middle schoolers around you and read the book out loud. Right. I challenge you to do that. If it's really if it's if we're really just, uh, you know, hyperventilating over nothing, then go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I if think you've got nothing to hide, if the kids should be able to just pull this off the shelf and read it, then read it to them.
2: Yeah, I, I one-up you a little bit here. I've, I've been saying, hey, go to a public park and start reading that. or Go to the playground. Sure. Alone. Bring yeah. out that book and start reading aloud from it.
3: Yeah, wherever their children are present.
2: Yes. Yes. Now, yeah. now depending on the neighborhood, you'll be lucky, lucky, if they just call the cops. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because if, if you're out there reading that kind of stuff to kids on a playground or kids studying in a library or whatever, you're going to get your ass kicked
3: for and good again, reason.
2: If you are a parent and you are predisposed to give this book to your
3: child at a certain time, I mean, I may consider you a horrible parent, but at the same time, you have the right to do that. We just don't want it in the schools. Yeah, that's Leave it. Leave the kids alone. That's all the messages. Leave the kids alone. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? It's pretty and simple. Again, I she's she's got stones the size of church bells man yeah going up there and just ripping through that thing Mm -hmm. as a retired teacher yep and and they should embarrass the school board Mm -hmm. you should all of you all of you should take turns reading the next chapter absolutely gosh dang that would solve this problem quick
2: oh yeah it would i could tell you that right now really would yeah on a much lighter note uh today i guess is the first official day of summer yeah. Uh, a lot of people have been in summer mode for weeks now, but uh it's the official first day of summer. Um and uh there was a new survey that was done. They collected the top fifty moments people love about summer. Uh and there's a lot. A lot to it. I, I will tell you this that uh some of these you can tell uh were not responses from people who live in Texas because it's freaking hot right now. Yeah. Uh but uh one of them, like number fifteen, was exercising outside. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you can do it in the morning, but a lot of places in this country, uh, Mm. after about 11 o'clock, it's pretty unsustainable. Um, Being more likely to be spontaneous. Yeah, in some cases. Oh, yeah, I can see that. A little bit more uh, stuff to go do. Mm -hmm. Um, Occasionally, actually wanting it to rain.
3: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Where I am right now, yeah, desperately
2: need it to rain. Uh, The first sip of a beer or a glass of wine on a warm day. Yeah, I I get that. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh wearing shorts every day. Well, yeah, I do that pretty much every day anyway. Yeah. You because, do. Well, I'm a slob. Well, and, plus in fact you live somewhere where you can get away with it pretty yeah.
3: much every day. It's not twenty below zero. Right. Yeah.
2: That's that's very true. Mm-hmm. Uh getting a tan, yeah, going to barbecues, the smell of grilling in the neighborhood, I always yeah. love that. Yeah, uh sleeping with the windows open. Again, I don't I'm not doing that. No. Um Uh, Eating outdoors, both in your backyard and on restaurant and bar patios. Again, depending on the time of day and what the temperature is, if it's 110 outside, then eating on the patio isn't a great idea. Not fun, no. Uh, The smell of freshly cut grass. I used to like that, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Man, I I was just – I went to go pick up my kids from their uh, grandma's house on Sunday, and she had just had someone come by and mow the lawn. And every time, this time, like when it's really hot outside – I have flashbacks to football summer camp. Like just immediately I'm thinking I'm looking around almost instinctively for coach to start yelling at me. <laughs> yelling at it, it, it's just that I love the smell. And I have a lot of good memories as well of playing playing football. But, yeah, I just – my first reaction is, uh-oh, where's coach? Is it going to make me do push-ups on the asphalt again? Yeah. Oh, and
3: you're, no? you're right. And, and and summer workouts with full pads. Huh?
2: Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Yeesh. Well, they, they give you a week or so to to – lean into it or ease into it it yeah. never works that way um also longer days more light on in the evenings yeah. i
3: noticed that last yeah. night yeah Get that yeah for the first time i was like, wow. nice.
2: so yeah happy summer officially absolutely right. there you go and of course we'll uh, like like any uh, responsible news station we'll be giving you tips on how to stay cool during the summer <laughs> yes <laughs> all right, right cubes in your do rag always works. <laughs> <laughs> you got a news update on the way this is the markley van camp and robin show the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is out today. Thank you so much for being here. Well, the search continues for that submersible that was going to tour the Titanic It went missing. Yeah. Then about eight hours after it went missing, the company OceanGate uh, reported it to federal authorities. They are now saying, though, that the federal government was. Overloaded with bureaucracy and didn't respond in a timely manner. Meanwhile, the U.S. Coast Guard is saying, well, wait a minute, you didn't even let us know right. until the search was already or until the, the boat had been missing for eight hours. So it's this little tin can, 20-foot long submersible that goes all the way down to the bottom of the ocean to go check out the Titanic. And, you know, it's, it's, it's shocking how little technology is on that thing. Mm-hmm. You know it's controlled with a video game controller basically um there's really not a lot of ways to communicate out of it. You get sealed into it you can 't open it, so they 've got less than twenty four hours worth of air apparently in there the The potentially good news is that evidently the coast guard has heard they put so what they do is they put planes up in the sky and then they drop uh sonar. Uh, technology, whatever uh, buoys, I guess is the word for it, um, on the water, and they try to pick up sound from underneath the uh, waves, underneath the the surface of the ocean, um, and they picked up some sounds. The problem is they don't know what it is.
3: Yeah, they it, don't think that's anything now. Yeah, so yeah, they that's kind of
2: the latest. Yeah, there there'd been some hope that maybe that's what it was, that it was this sub, uh, submersible, but it's not. Uh, you know, again, you we know, don't know.
3: Can I ask you a question? I don't know if you know the answer to this. Generally speaking, we don't ask questions we don't know the answer to. However, I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. There have been documentaries where people have gone to the wreckage of the Titanic and filmed it. I've seen them. Yeah. And so they know where it is, correct? Yeah. They know where the Titanic is. Yes. But if, in fact, they were going to the Titanic, and if, in fact, has advertised, it was somehow caught in the Titanic itself, the remains of the Titanic,
2: wouldn't you be able to find that quickly? Wouldn't you know exactly well, where it was? Well, I don't. I don't know. I'd heard the the rumor that maybe it got stuck in the Titanic, but I yeah, think that's it what takes quite here. a quite a while to actually get to the boat. Okay, so they're they're thinking that it's it got you know where, w- whatever state it's in, right. it's floating in the middle uh, somewhere of between. the of the
3: wreckage of the Titanic, or no, no, so no, between the Titanic Oak and Titanic.
2: where they launch off the of New it,
3: So it's not lodged within the Titanic, which was something the original hypothesis was yeah they were tossing around
2: and if it is lodged in the titanic uh there's no hope in getting it i mean they can't that's too far down yeah as my understanding at least but how did they get all those camera crews down there before well <laughs> camera technology you can get small cameras down yeah, there. yeah i
3: suppose you can drop them down there and you, yeah
2: and you just hope that you know you don't get stuck in it's all it, in the it's all just
3: crazy and the fact they pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars a person to do yeah. this, and the safeguards are golly. Yeah. I mean, you can't put a tilt a whirl together at the <laughs> at the fair without having the county come and check out and make sure it's safe. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you, you know that. But you can take a submarine and <laughs> drop it into the middle of the ocean yeah. all the way down to the Titanic, and apparently it wasn't. Buy or beware. This yeah, is the no Mark Lee Van
2: Camp and Robin show. Uh, bigger or a biggest story of the day, I guess it's still the reaction to the Hunter Biden indictment. You've got now mainstream media sort of coalescing around this point that somehow the only reason that uh, a plea deal was made is because uh, he is the son of the president. And they're saying that he actually got the opposite of preferential treatment. That he was actually punished unfairly because he was Joe Biden's kid. So, I, that's ridiculous. Okay. Okay. Whatever, we'll, man. We'll be getting into <laughs> some of that. Also, Trump talking about Republican primary debates. We'll be getting into that as well. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. Thank you, as always, for being here uh, with us today. So, uh, today in the Senate, There is a hearing on protecting women's sports from the gender ideology in scene. Riley Gaines is there. What's that? Riley Gaines is there. Riley Gaines, yeah, former University Mm -hmm. of Kentucky swimmer who has been very outspoken after her experience going up against uh that dude who thinks he's a girl uh that swam for Penn. Leah Thomas.
3: I I was watching it earlier and that dope Dick Durbin who's told what to say all the time. Yeah. Never had an original thought in his brain ever. Uh, But he warbles on about how, well, there's just really not a problem with men participating (laughs) in women's sports. I mean, look at the Olympic Games. How many men have participated as women have won medals? Uh It's just such a dope, (laughs) missing the entire point.
2: Right. Um, I thought this was interesting, though, because the entire debate, if you're on the left right now, is hinged on the suspension of reality on not accepting that there are physical differences between men and women. So when that's the case, you have to create straw man arguments. You have to make things up, essentially, in order to uh, try to prove your non-existent point. And so one of the witnesses today brought in by the Democrats is a woman named Kelly Robinson, who was being asked by Senator John Kennedy, always good for a soundbite, Republican out of Louisiana. Yeah. He's asked, do you really believe there are no physical differences between men and women?
5: Yeah. And <laughs> listen to this. I don't that believe that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as def- a definitive statement. Give me an example. Well, no, I, I don't think. How, 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 how many female members of the NBA do you see? Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news
7: article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis. Right. That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, and it's just not the case. She is stronger than that. What's
2: your experience? So get what? OK, is, is there I mean, remember the survey that came out, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before that, where it's like eight percent of men thought that they could uh, go uh, and win in a hand to hand match against a grizzly bear. Yeah. Right. Oh, You're yeah. going to have some dopes who are saying that. Right. That's not what the argument is framed on. She's completely no. making that up.
3: No, it's not. No.
2: Because, yeah, if I were to go on a tennis, I mean, if I were to hit the tennis court and take on Serena Williams, I would get smoked.
3: She's a oh, professional sure.
2: athlete. Yes. I'm a tub of goo radio host. If
3: I were to go one on one with Sue Bird, she'd beat me like a drum. <laughs> right. There's no question about so,
2: that. But that's not the argument. The argument no. is all things being equal, meaning. Uh, if you have two elite athletes, one's a man, one's a woman, in many sports, if not all sports, the elite athlete who is male will probably beat the elite athlete who's female. Serena Williams said that. Yes. She experienced it. Yeah. And actually, that gets brought up by
5: Riley Gaines, who you mentioned oh, good. was okay. there. Good. Um, What's your experience, been? Male female
0: both Serena and Venus lost to the two hundred and third ranked male tennis player, which they 're phenoms for women. Um, my experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well in terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week
2: right that that's That is the argument and and what what liberals do all the time with this whole thing is try to split hairs. Make things up like, well, you know, obviously this radio show host couldn't beat Serena Williams. I'm not making that argument. Nobody's making that argument.
3: (laughs) But if you put Serena Williams in there against
2: Jokovic, he wins. Yes. Every single time. Well, And she knows that. Yeah, and and the thing is there was a – remember there was a dust-up about this because John McEnroe a few years ago, what was that, 2016 or 2015 – John McEnroe had said something like, you know, that that the best, you know, female uh, tennis player might, you know, wouldn't probably be in the top 500 or something like that in the world uh, competing against the men. Just a a, a statement of fact. And everybody flipped out about it. Oh, yeah. And, And even Serena Williams got in on it. And the funniest part was I remember pulling the audio at the time of an old interview that she did with David Letterman. Where Serena Williams herself was saying, "Oh no, I couldn't compete in the men's uh, division. It's a completely different game. It's faster. They're they're bigger, faster, and stronger. That that's just what it is. That's the reality of it." And as Riley Gaines pointed out, yeah, the world number two hundred and three swept the Williams sisters when there was sort of this redo of the battle of the sexes. Yeah. So it, it's it it doesn't make Serena Williams' accomplishments any less to acknowledge that there is a huge difference physically between professional male athletes and professional women athletes yeah, or collegiate women and men athletes. And again, they just have to make up this total straw man argument. They have to split hairs about definitions like, well, I don't want to just say it as a, as a statement of fact that men are stronger than women, blah, blah, blah. It's all nonsense to me. Of course, it is. <laughs> and,
3: and again, they, this is one of those topics that I cannot believe. I cannot believe we're arguing about. I really can't. Right. I really, I, honestly, I can't. Oh. I can't believe that we're arguing about a man competing against women who thinks he's a woman, therefore, he is a woman, and receiving the accolades and the
2: medals and whatever else. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. Now, yes. the
3: Olympic Committee is going to have a problem because it's going to come their way eventually.
2: Yeah, they've already gone back and forth on it. Sort they got of to figure this out because it. this about, is going to be insanity if it yeah. happens. Yeah, they 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 want to quibble over testosterone levels, and it's like, uh, well, that's that's not actually the biggest issue. Yes. You're talking about bone density, muscle density, yeah. height, weight. There's a whole lot of things that don't just come down to your hormones.
3: I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I keep I keep waiting, I keep waiting for some guy, who is. Uh, 10th man B-League NBA-er who decides I'm going to be a girl and go grab a paycheck from the WNBA and right. who's going to stop him. Yeah. And he's going to be the best player in the WNBA. And again, not to take anything away from the players that are there. They're good. I couldn't beat them. But I'm just saying that this guy has a skill set to get that done. Yeah. Same thing with some guy who's going to all of a sudden play professional softball.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, he's a major leaguer. Maybe washed out, but, you know, you know I, hitting
2: line drives all over the place. I heard a, uh, a counter-argument with baseball uh, that was made because there was a time years ago where a softball pitcher uh, pitched to some big league players. Yeah. And they couldn't hit it. Right. And they said, well, see, obviously, you know, she's stronger or whatever. And it's like, well, you don't know anything about baseball or softball. No. <laughs> because no. the reason they had trouble picking up the ball is because when there's a huge difference between overhand and underhand throwing, Yes, it was about technique, not about raw strength or speed. It was like you're not used to trying to pick up what the pitch is when it's coming at you from below the belt.
3: And also, we'll see what happens after they do this for 10, 11 times.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, right. They'll figure it out.
2: Yeah, yeah they'll of course figure they it will. out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Fox News aired a little bit more to the Trump interview with Brett Baer, and the topic of primary debates came up. Because Trump has, once again, like he did in 2015 uh, and 2016, suggested that he wouldn't partake. In uh, Republican primary debates, the first one is actually going to be August 24th, and it's hosted by Fox News. Um, and uh, well, he's not so sure he wants to do those. Um, and here is his reasoning uh, that, he, or the reasoning that he gave on Fox.
8: I, I like to debate. I mean, I probably am here because of debates. I don't mind it at all. But when you're 40 points up. And you're running against, and even one came out today that you saw 51 points up. Why would I let Ada Hutchinson, I call him Ada because, you know, his name's Asa, but I call him Ada
2: for whatever reason. Why is that?
8: Uh, he needs. I think he's weak. Okay.
2: I think he's ineffective. But why would. Yeah, I don't get the, I don't like Asa Hutchinson, but I don't no. get the Ada thing. That doesn't yeah. make any sense to me, but. Anyway.
8: I let him, uh, Chris Christie, who's got nothing going except I can tr- be tougher on Trump. He's not tougher on anybody's slob. But why would I let these people take shots at me? Why would I allow a hostile network, Fox? You know, pretty hostile. Why I would I allow... You get a fair shake. Okay, but, I mean, this is a fair interview, but it's hostile. It's on the hostile side. I wouldn't say it's a puff piece, but that's okay. Hey, Brett, why would I allow a hostile network, and then allow people that are polling at zero. They're polling at zero, many of these guys. One of them is zero with an arrow left. Now, I think that's a mistake. In other words, a zero, that's less than zero. So why would I allow people at 1% and 2% and 0% to be hitting me with questions all night? You know.
2: Well, <clears throat> I think he skipped one or two debates in the 2016 cycle, and his poll mm-hmm. numbers went down. And part of the reason is because he wasn't there to defend himself. And so I I don't know if you got like 10 people up on a stage all using you as a punching bag and you're not even there. I mean, Trump should absolutely do the debates. Oh, yeah. To me, I I think you go and defend yourself, man, because you're your best defense a lot of times. Yep. And, you know, if you just let it hang out there in a vacuum and let all these people just trash you, because, again, the tentative date for the trial with the classified documents is supposed to wrap up the day after, I think, either the day of or the day after the first debate. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have a lot of fodder against you. You might as well be there to defend yourself. But uh, but he doesn't listen to me, so you know, he doesn't have to. So, <laughs> You know, I've listened to David Van Camp, but I've changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but to me, it just makes no sense to, to skip it because, you know, they're going to be trashing you anyway. You might as well be there to defend yourself. Well, the that we're carrying it desperately needs him to be part of it. Oh, absolutely. They do. Yeah. All right. Coming up. Oh, the green weenie crowd is mad at Biden for something that they're calling green colonialism. I cannot wait to get through this story. We'll get to it next. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show on David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is out today on vacation, taking a little bit of time off to be with the family. Uh, I love this story, uh, Scott. You know, the, the climate change cult really wants everyone to be driving electric vehicles, right? Yeah. Biden administration is manipulating the auto market to get manufacturers to make more of them. Now, part of that effort, as we've pointed out before, involves lithium mining because you need lithium to make the batteries. And right now, there just isn't enough to meet demand, especially when you consider states like California are going to be banning by, what is it, 2035 or whatever? That's the that's the, the goal. The sale of new gas-powered vehicles. Right. So we we are way behind on producing enough of these things. Um, so you got to start mining, right? You can't, And you can't just re- rely on Australia, on China, on Africa, on South America. you got to do it here if you're going to meet that demand. Uh, the Biden administration has been touting a huge lithium mine being dug up in northern Nevada as well. It's like a $2.2 billion project. Huge operation. But now environmentalists are mad about it because digging for lithium is dirty and it pollutes. You know, what do you want? Uh, right. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> also, activists say it desecrates Native American land. They're calling it green colonialism. Golly. I, <laughs> it's like, look, you you got to pick one, right? There is always, whenever you're talking about industry, whenever you're talking about energy production, there is always a cost that goes into it. And the green weenie people are the ones who are saying, well, we can't do, we can't drill in the Gulf of Mexico because that's too dangerous because one time, you know, BP had a major meltdown. Right. Um we can't do that. We got to protect the fish, we got to protect the dolphins, we got to save the whales, all that, unless the whales are getting killed by uh wind turbines, in which case it's fine. Um and, and so I I I go back to the the central question that I have is exactly what what you just said, Scott. It's like what do you want? You got to pick one. I know what do you want. i mean, so,
3: do seriously. You I mean you want all of this, but you Again, we want the green energy. We just don't want to have to do anything that we find environmentally, you know, right? Obnoxious or what you can't you, do. I mean, it's ridiculous.
2: You, you, it, it does cost something to produce energy that runs the world. Yeah. Period. That's it. Yeah. And, and I, it Not reminds me of exhausted over this. Yeah. Reminds me of Greta Thunberg, who uh, yeah. was part of a protest against a wind farm. Was it in Norway, maybe? This was a couple months back uh, because it uh, encroached upon traditional indigenous hunting grounds. Yeah, which I can understand why the indigenous people might uh, who are there might be annoyed by this. But I, Greta Thunberg has a lot of guts to go out there and say, well, no, we need to worry about them, too, because, lady, what you've been advocating for. Which is the complete divestment in oil and gas production in the world would lead to millions, if not billions of people dying if we dropped it overnight. So screw you. Okay, you got to pick one.
3: Well, in the the migration of birds, the same people that want uh, green weenie stuff are worried about the migration of birds slamming into those, you know, windmills. Yeah like, well, we can't have that because, well, what do you, again, I'm asking yeah. you, what do you want to do? You want, you want people just to run on tracks that do yeah. it and we all take turns doing it to, to power your house? I don't know what you want. <laughs> Stop it.
2: I like that. Yeah, we'll just have treadmills.
3: Yeah, everywhere. That'll,
2: that'll and, power and, everything.
3: And we all take our turns and the government pays us yeah. like, you know, $20 an hour to do it. I well, don't know.
2: Well, we'll see the problem there, though, is that that's very ableist because somebody who can't walk or run on a treadmill will not be yeah. able to generate enough
3: power. Yeah, and they won't get any lights in their home, (laughs) and we have to subsidize that by somebody who is a good runner. You're subsidizing it for this guy. Yeah, the whole thing is insanity.
2: Yeah, everything about it. Well, it's because again, the the left wing activists, especially the environmentalists, they never think about what is part two of the plan. It's or, or I guess I should say, what's part three of the plan? Because part three, they you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, it, it's sort of like, okay, we drop all oil, we all get electric cars, and then what? Yeah, How does that actually get accomplished?
3: And, and do, all, yeah,
2: all in the name of this crazy notion that we'll be able to control the weather if we have enough Teslas on the road. Yeah. It's, it is just madness. And, again,
3: building the cars without the appropriate amount of stations to power them up right. around the country is another ridiculous mm-hmm. thing.
2: Yeah. Um, and you I, don't. Yeah, I like this story, and maybe we'll have a little bit more time to flesh this out. But just switching gears here, Wall Street Journal just did a story on how college grads now need lessons to, ha- to uh, on how to behave when working in person, like how to have face to face conversations, making appropriate oh, yeah. eye contact, how to tell when someone doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is, uh, you know, you've you've railed against the shoe lookers for years. Oh yeah, the shoe lookers, and and again, they,
3: they, you can only converse with them through text, right? They they melt in front of you if they have to actually face to face with
2: you. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're crazy. Well, texting is more efficient. A- absolutely. This is Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
0: Are you ready?
1: Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Should
0: we just become best friends. Yep.
1: Making sense of it all.
0: Oh, I
1: get it. And having some fun. Lighten up Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp and Robbins show.
2: The Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here, as always. So, I, I understand some of this gets kind of deep in the weeds, but it is really important when you look at what it is that the federal government has done to interfere in elections. And I think I I would think that Democrats and Republicans could all get on the same page and say what happened in 2016, and I can't believe we're still talking about it seven years down the road, but here we are, uh, should never happen again. And honestly, this has direct bearing on what happened in 2020 and then what will happen again probably in 2024. And what you have is a bunch of people in positions of power in federal law enforcement actively – interfering in the way that we elect presidents and they've been caught doing it yep this is pretty big john durham the guy who was investigating the origins of the uh, trump russia conspiracy theory that was pushed by the left testified in congress today now we talked about this when his report dropped a few weeks ago but uh he found that the cia director and the fbi director knew that the trump russia collusion thing was made up by the hillary clinton campaign they knew it they were briefed on it obama was briefed on it everybody knew it however they made a choice to not share that exculpatory information with the lawyers and the federal agents working on the case that is what john durham says and so uh, this is part of his testimony today on Capitol Hill. Jim Jordan is asking the questions. When he refers to the uh, referral memora- memorandum, mm-hmm. this is uh, the document that, that uh, was the result of briefing then-President Obama that this whole Trump-Russia thing was a political dirty trick. So that's the context of this as we hear uh, this clip.
5: Did Director Comey share that memorandum with the FISA court? I'm, I'm sorry, can you? Did he share that memorandum with the FISA court? Did Director Comey do that? I'm not aware of that if he did. Did he share it with the, with the lawyers preparing the FISA application? Not to my knowledge. Did he share it with the agents on the case working the crossfire hurricane case? No. Didn't share with the agents on the case. Can you tell the committee what happened when you took that referral memo and shared it with one of those agents, specifically Supervisory Special Agent Number One? We interviewed the uh, first supervisor of the um, Crossfire uh, Investigation, um, the operational person. Uh, We showed him the intelligence um, information. Uh, He indicated he had never seen it before. Uh, he immediately became uh, emotional, uh, got up and left the room with his lawyer, um, spent some time in the hallway, came back. Um, he, and was he, sp- off, he? Yes. he was ticked off, wasn't he? He was ticked off because this is something he should have had as an agent on the case. is important information that the director of the FBI kept from the people doing the investigation. The information was kept from him.
2: That's incredible, man. The FBI director, James Comey, actively did not tell people working on this case that there was information that would make the entire investigation moot. This is election interference, and the crazy part is that what we're learning now is that no laws were actually broken when the FBI director did that, when the director of the CIA at the time did that. When the freaking president of the United States, Barack Obama, knew about it and then still went out there with the innuendo that, oh, Donald Trump is working with the Russians. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it. And they withheld it from the people who were actually investigating this. And I can understand. if you Think about this. If you are an investigator and you're running something down and you find out that you wasted all that time, that you put yourself in the line of fire taking on a duly elected president based on a lie and your bosses knew it was a lie but didn't tell you see this
3: is what we talk about all the time when we talk about election interference i'm not talking about dominion voting machines and boxes being moved from point a to point b i mean all of that is certainly raises eyebrows but this is the type of crap i'm talking about yeah this is this is the type of election interference we're dealing with because nobody's telling the truth no They're all lying, and they're all getting away with it. And I mean getting away with it scot-free.
2: Yeah.
3: Just getting away with it. Yeah. There's no punishment
2: here. There's no downside. They didn't technically commit any crimes. Right. Just keep on doing it. Why not? (laughs) Right? How is that possible, that you can just have these people in these uh, high... Especially, and here's where I want to reach across the aisle to Democrat friends of mine and say, listen, we heard all about... Abuses in law enforcement during the mostly peaceful riots of 2020 and how we need more oversight of your local police department because they're out there killing black people willy nilly. Here is the FBI and the CIA, two of the most uh, uh, sophisticated and powerful surveillance apparatuses in human history who were using their power to try to swing an election and did it again four years after. And are working on doing it again, again. Yes. for 2024. Let's talk about defund the police or reform law enforcement, because, you know, right now, I know a lot of liberals are thinking, well, you know, Donald Trump's a bad guy, so he deserved it, whatever. They're coming for your guy next. You realize that, right? Right. I mean, I don't even know how much of this is ideologically driven. On the part of some of these folks in the FBI, I I think it's it's uh, in terms of like left and right politics. I mean, it's about protecting their power. You know, that that's why that's why then as soon as, uh, you know, the the Capitol riot happened, uh, Capitol police got this record amount of funding to open up satellite spy offices in Florida and California to expand the surveillance state. This is what they want. They want that kind of authority. And we're just supposed to give it to them even yeah. after they've completely interfered with back-to-back presidential elections? It's it's outrageous to me. Anyway, okay. We can move on from that. Um, I thought this was... Uh, I mean, it's depressing. Math and reading scores for ter- uh, for 13-year-olds hit Keys. the lowest level in decades. Man, I saw this story today. Holy smokes. This is from the National Assessment of Educational Process, uh, what's referred to as the gold standard of metrics on education. Um, and what they say is the federal standardized test, known as NAEP, was given last fall focused on basic skills. 13-year-olds scored an average of 256 out of 500 in reading, 271 out of 500 in math, down from the average score of 260 in reading and 280 in math three years ago. Achievement declined across lines of race, class, and geography, but in math, especially vulnerable children, uh, exper- lower-income students in general, experienced bigger drops. The last time the math performance was this low for 13-year-olds was in 1990. Hmm. And... <laughs> And I like how the New York Times is basically saying, well, we don't we don't really know if it was the lockdowns." Oh,
3: come on, man. That did it.
2: Take a bow, Randy Weingarten. Performance has fallen significantly since the 2019-2020 school year when the coronavirus pandemic wrought havoc on the uh, nation's education system. But the downward trends reported today began years before the health crisis, raising questions about a decade of disappointing results for American students. Well,
3: again. Everybody who insisted on locking down in-person learning for what turned out to be absolutely no reason resulted in this. This is a generational damage that's going on here. I mean, this is generational damage. And also, if the curriculum includes lawn boy or all the woke nonsense and crap, this is the stuff that really matters. Mm -hmm. And we're failing. I don't know what else to say. I mean, why does anybody take people like Randy Weingarten even seriously anymore? You failed. Yeah. The people you oversee, the job you have, is an abysmal failure. Yeah. And you, then you go, well, well you know, the people that are taking their kids out of school and they're homeschooling them. They're
2: not really qualified to. Please. Well, yeah. What makes you think that your local public school is disqualified exactly. well, you know, based it, on this stuff?
3: You just keep falling on your own sword time and time again. And this is the results. I mean, you get, results is what matters in everything. Yes. Everything. What are the results? What am I paying you for? I'm paying you for results. I'm not getting results. So we've got to move on from this nonsense. We've got to figure out a way to make this better.
2: I, I did think it's interesting, though, when, when the New York Times says, well, this is part of a downward trend that's existed for years. and yada, Well, yeah. Yada. Yada, that's a, that's a okay, well, then why is it that Florida's fourth graders had zero learning loss in reading and math between 2019 and 2020? See, again, I mean,
3: again, (laughs) What? I mean, look at look at the difference and then wonder why. Why did this happen? Mm -hmm. How can that be? How can that be? Well, you've got a governor and you've got politicians within Florida who actually give a damn about this sort of thing and don't play games with the unions and didn't shut down their schools and did none of these things. I mean, we're talking about when I see these grades, I think to myself, this is. Absolutely generational now,
2: oh an yeah, an entire generation. And I'll 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 bring this up again and fall on the sword. Bethany uh, Mandel, she's a writer. Um, I like a lot of her work, and she was one of the most outspoken writers when it like from jump when schools started closing down in March of 2020. Yeah, saying like, no, this is going to be a generational loss, and at the time, because brr, my naive dumb ass at the time. <laughs> Was like, well, you know, they're, you're talking about maybe a couple months. All
3: right. I, I don't know too. if this will be I, a
2: generational thing.
3: 100 percent agree with you. I, I I thought the same thing. Yes. So
2: it was like, well, no, I mean, you're, you're not you're not really. And then you know, you get to fall of 2020 when we've already established that uh, kids are pretty well off with with COVID, and you know, maybe if a teacher has a specific health concern, they could we could extend some sort of uh, I don't know leave or whatever. Uh Uh, for that person but that was never part of the conversation in a lot of parts of the country it was we got to keep the schools closed and that's when I realized okay Bethany Mandel was right I mean this is you're right I mean depending on where you are you know results definitely vary depending on the state and your school district but um, this is a generational kneecapping
5: that has been perpetrated by
2: the left and And the fact that we're not talking about uh, massive like 9-11 commission style inquiry into this is disgraceful no
3: i know i 100 percent agree with you and and again from a personal standpoint i can still remember when schools opened reopened and they had the mask every kid had to wear a mask and yeah. kids were again some of them never went back to school Just left completely yeah. i'm not doing this and left and i went to one of my granddaughter's band concerts and she played a saxophone all the kids are seated there. You had to wear a mask, of course, to get in and separate and all this stuff that was going on. They had little slits in their mask where they could actually play to reed instrument yeah. or a trumpet or whatever, you know? <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, this is insanity. And then you look at the high school basketball games that were being held at that time. No fans, of course. Yeah. Only family. And these guys had masks on, but they pull them down and wear them around their necks yeah. the whole time. Why? And I kept thinking, what is going on here? Yeah. This is the dumbest... Well, if we, if we saved one life, that nice to hear that one, too. Yeah.
2: You know, but I, all these idiot governors. I'll never forget going fishing one time and seeing a guy out in the middle of the lake in a canoe wearing a mask. Like he's going to get it from the car. <laughs> he's going to get absolutely crazy of the fish.
3: Yeah. And everybody had a story about some pulling up. Somebody at traffic light. They're alone in their car and they yeah. got
2: their mask on. Oh, I still see people occasionally. I saw the one mask. today. Yeah. As a
3: matter of fact, before I came into work, somebody
2: with my. Yeah. By yourself index. in the car. Yeah, in the car. Yeah. By yourself. It's, this is like a society breaking kind of moment. Everybody got scared so crapless and lost their minds.
3: But you're right. DeSantis has a has a trump card to play. I don't mean, know.
2: Yeah, he sure I just does. I said that. I couldn't believe I just
3: said that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. There you go.
2: All right. You got a news update on the way. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. I can't believe I have failed to mention this on such a somber and and serious day, uh, Scott. But what? today is the beginning of the end of the world. Today is today. Yeah. Okay. How much time do I have? Well, it, I think this is the uh, this is the end. Okay, June twenty first, twenty eighteen. Greta Thunberg tweeted out. A top climate scientist is warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. There's now five years to the day since that warning. Oh, 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 okay. The prophetess from Sweden issued that proclamation, and now we are all dead.
3: I see other people in the building today, so that must not have happened. Was that tweet still up, or did she take it down? I
2: think it's still up. Oh, there you go. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just gonna say, you know, it was nice knowing you. I can't believe I even showed up to work today. I know. Well, you didn't need to. Really? Actually, to I'm prob- we're probably both dead talking to each other right now. <laughs> we, we, we don't even know it. Well, according to Joe Biden, we all died of COVID anyway. Well, that's true. Well, yeah. either that or gun violence. I mean, yes. Basically, COVID or gun violence. According yes. to Joe Biden's fuzzy math, we're like negative 500 million people yes. in this country. Yes. So Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I guess we're all ghosts talking to one another. Anyway, but so you know, happy end of the world day to you. By Golly. the
3: way, man, <laughs> you talk about something that didn't age at all very well. Yeah, no. Cow. Well,
2: a lot of those doom and gloom predictions from the go. climate change cult
3: never come true. You know, and we make fun of the fact that, uh, you know, everybody's Hitler now. Yeah. And and I can remember, there was a time, too, when there were other people identified as Hitler, the, the new Hitlers. I mean, it's been going on for a long time. <laughs> it just seems like there are more of them now. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Joe Biden, by the way, doing a little fundraiser at a private residence, took another swipe at uh, Second Amendment supporters saying, hey, you know, you'll need an F-16 to challenge the U.S. government. Oh, yeah? Going back to that old well. Saying there's a lot of things we can change because the American people, by and large, agree you don't need a weapon of war. I'm a Second Amendment guy. I taught it for years, six years in law school. Okay? And guess what? It doesn't say that you can own any weapon you want. It says there are, there are certain weapons you just can't own. Even during when it was passed, you couldn't own a cannon. Here well. We go. Couldn't own a machine gun. You can, actually. Um, yeah. That's the that's the best part of all of that. I mean, <laughs> you, you can own both of those things, actually. Yeah, you can have a cannon. <laughs> you pay the, the, the right amount of uh, tax to the ATF. Yeah, you. I mean, sure. and depending on the state you're in, obviously. But, uh, yeah, well, yes, of course. But saying, hey, the government can come wipe you out any time you want is not exactly the greatest argument that'll get people to hand in their guns. I'll just say that. It's like, oh, wait, so you're you're threatening me now? Uh, then I guess I should go buy more guns. Yeah, I mean, if the zombie
3: apocalypse is, in fact, happening right now, I probably need my gun. <laughs> you
2: know, so. or, or if Joe Biden's about to sick the U.S. military on you. Yeah, right, yeah, at least give myself a fighting chance. Golly. Hey, All man. right, this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Uh, biggest story of the day, the continuing fallout of the Hunter Biden uh, plea agreement and i like how all the mainstream media has seemingly coalesced around the central idea that actually hunter biden was unfairly punished and he was unfairly punished because he was joe biden's son jeez man how how brain dead do you have to be to reach Gosh, that conclusion i don't know you <laughs> guys going to avoid jail time and yeah, apparently that's that's not a slap on the wrist. Apparently, that's either very standard or, in fact, harsher punishment than other people would have received. Yeah, ridiculous. All right. Uh, oh, we also got the uh, big trifecta coming up. Scott yeah. Robbins' top three stories today. That's next here on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Uh, You're familiar with Victor Davis Hanson, right? Yes, I am. Hoover Institute makes an appearance on this show from time to time in the form of his op-eds and things like that. He was on
3: Tucker Tucker a lot.
2: Yeah. Um, Victor Davis Hanson put out about the Hunter Biden plea agreement. uh, Quote, Joe Biden has lost any shred of moral credibility to keep harping to Americans on privilege, guns, and paying their fair share of taxes since his own DOJ exempted his privileged felonious son who reck- recklessly broke both gun and tax laws. And I I, I think for people who have a, a fair view of this, especially, and I, I know I harp on this a lot, but especially on the uh, the gun charge, especially in light of the fact that there is a woman in Virginia who is going to prison for as many as two years for breaking the same damn law. Right. Uh, Any fair minded person can take a step back and say, yeah, this was bogus. The problem is, is that you now have multiple national media outlets sort of coalescing around this idea that Hunter Biden actually got harsher treatment than somebody else would have, which is flatly untrue. Now, again, when it comes to the, the tax law part of it. There are a lot of extenuating circumstances. There are a lot of different cases you can look at both in favor of and against this particular violation of the law, whether or not this was a fair uh, or a privileged treatment of uh, uh, of Hunter Biden. But on the facts of the case with the gun law violation, something that his own dad sponsored as common sense gun reform, mm-hmm. when these cases are brought. Which is rare on its own, but when they're brought, they are generally successful because it's pretty black and white. Did you or did you not lie about drug use when you bought your gun? Right. And in this case, we know for a fact he did. And he's not going to prison, but uh, a black mom in Virginia is. Right. So fair-minded people can agree with what Victor Davis Hanson had to say. But a lot of people are not getting the full story. Because we've got people like uh, ABC News on ABC News, Dan Abrams, et cetera, who are out there saying, actually, Hunter Biden really got the book thrown at him somehow. (laughs) I laugh at that. I have to listen to this.
8: Mary, let me begin with you. Boy, this case of Hunter Biden has been a source of political and personal heartache for President Biden.
7: George and look the White House now is eager to move past this they have really been trying to distance themselves from all of this stressing that the president has never discussed this investigation but with the Attorney General but you're absolutely right there is no question that this is painful for the president personally and politically he is a devoted father who has stood by his son throughout his struggles with addiction throughout this investigation adamant that Hunter did absolutely nothing wrong but it is clear Republicans are not going to drop this despite the fact that there's nothing in this agreement to substantiate their concerns. After five years of investigating, they are not bringing any charges linked to Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. But on the Hill, Republicans say he got off easy and they are vowing to keep up their investigations. While out on the campaign trail, Republicans clearly still see this as a political opportunity, George.
8: OK, Mary.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And then and then <laughs> poor, here's <laughs> poor Joe. Yeah. I mean, just poor mean... Joe. Poor fella.
3: Poor Hunter he's you know they've been through enough these people have been through enough they're
2: they're they're just they oh my gosh it's just so it's such a, a point of personal God. hurt right what do you have to do to get that kind of treatment for a tax cheat and a and somebody who should be a felon based yeah. on the on the gun charge how, how is how is this oh my gosh this is such a personal thing for the the biden family and oh my gosh hurtful oh. and
3: painful for them it, as a family
2: and here's uh dan abrams talking about it with george But
8: given this set of facts what difference did it make that the subject was hunter biden
0: i think it made an enormous difference uh here look anytime someone gets probation right or a diversionary agreement you could argue it's a sweetheart deal right it's true they're not getting any prison time and yet if this wasn't hunter biden it is likely he wouldn't have been prosecuted at all Oh, meaning on. on the tax charges typically to get prison time for a tax charge you need to have either been have a criminal history or been making big efforts to hide the money here the irs went to and they said you owe this amount of money people get notices from the irs that they owe money if they pay it back typically the person isn't charged here he was charged, OK, there was wrongdoing on the gun issue. Typically, that is not something that gets charged alone. Almost never does that particular charge about lying and on, on the thousands of cases a year. A, a thousands would get prosecuted if that was the charge. But with that said, um, it does seem that the facts support um, a guilty uh, plea on on these charges. But if he wasn 't Hunter Biden, you have to believe there wouldn't have been a prosecutor.: It
2: just happened. In the state of Virginia. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Again, I know I'm a broken record on this stuff, but I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills right now. Because is it rare for the, the federal government to pursue the the lying on the background check thing? Uh, is it rare for them to pursue that on its own? What they mean by that is usually that's like tacked on to right. another crime. You hold up a liquor store, let's say, then you bought your gun legally. However, they have proof that you were a crack addict. Well, then they can go back and add that for extra prison time, which, OK, that may be more typical. But again, the Justice Department literally just reached a plea deal with somebody who's going to be going to prison for as many as two years for that exact crime. So this whole thing of like, well, if you wasn't Hunter Biden, he wouldn't have even faced that that charge. Gosh, that's garbage based on what it's total BS yeah, what I they're mean- pushing out there. And, and so, you know, to the point that I, I started off the segment with, you know, Victor Davis Hansen saying that uh, Joe Biden has lost all credibility to talk about common sense gun control, to talk about having the rich pay their fair share in taxes. He doesn't have that credibility, but unfortunately, a huge portion of this country will never know the truth about who Joe Biden is and, and, and what has happened on his watch. So uh, again, <sighs> I, I, they're just going to say, "Oh yeah, you, they're, Republicans are bad because they're just going after this guy for being a drug addict." That, that's, the, that's the narrative that has uh, come out of this entire thing. All right, anyway, uh, time for you to do a little bit of ranting, sir. Yeah, it's time it. for let's the go. trifecta, and it starts off always.: Are you ready?
1: up my shoes.
2: It's the three most important
1: news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show.
2: All right, it is the trifecta: top three stories of the day according to Scott Robbins. Uh, Usually, we have Casey Kasem on board, but uh, he vacations with Markley, so they're, they're buddies. Uh, of course. Anyway, uh, number three, we count them down three to one. Number mm-hmm. three, a dad. I love this story. Dad fatally yeah. shoots intruder accosting his daughter. Wow, North Carolina dad shot and killed an
3: intruder who reportedly threatened his young daughter at their home on Father's Day. Members, this is in Wilson Wilson Mills, North Carolina, a small town. Police department there. The deputies of Johnson County responded to the home at around 9 p.m. on Sunday. It was a report of a breaking and entering in progress with someone shot. Wilson Mills Police Chief A.Z. Williams, yep, that's his name. Uh, that's
2: a great police chief Isn't name, that? Isn't yeah, it? yeah, I
3: know. Said the suspect entered the home's backyard on Sunday evening. The owner's children of that house, the dad, his kids are outside playing. The suspect reportedly accosted the dad's 11 year old daughter, spurring her and two other kids to run into the house and alert their parents hey, this guy's trying to get us. The suspect then tried to follow the kids into the house by aggressively pulling on the home's back door handle. Mm-hmm. So this guy's yanking on the handle trying to get in to get to these kids. Well, dad, your turn. He's got a revolver. He goes and gets his revolver. Dad shoots him. He kills him. The suspect has not yet been identified, but the authorities are saying that there was a 23-year-old guy. Mm -hmm. Now, it appears to me the father was protecting his family. Family didn't know the suspect, by the way. They added this is one of the first violent incidents they've seen in that town in at least 10 years. Wow. Dad wasn't having it. Well, no. No, you, got you, know, it crazy. you, Mike, you scare my daughters and her friends, and they come running in the house. And now you, you're trying to get into my house by yanking yeah. the door. No,
2: no, yeah, no. I mean, the good news is there's a pill for that, and it comes in 44 Magnum.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
2: yes. the all right. It's the uh, trifecta, top three stories of the day <laughs> according to Scott Robbins. Uh, we're down to number two now. Uh, you're telling me that free speech is unsafe.
3: Can I get that pill with telemed, by the way? just asking. Yes, uh, June is designated. I don't know if you knew this or not. It's Pride Month, David, which is allegedly about inclusion and diversity. But the pride police, uh, I'm not so sure they believe that. There is no diversity or opinions on LGBTQ issues. My way, highway, that's about it. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Scandal erupted when a news manager of Wood TV, I'm familiar with that, in Grand Rapids, wrote a memo to his staff. Remember, he said, there are two different views on the Pride events in our community. Uh-oh, can't mm. say that. The station's owner, Nextstar, the largest owner of TV stations in America, apologized for and insisted this both sides memo was, quote, not consistent with Nexstar's values. <laughs> the way we cover our news or oh, respect that we have for our viewers. There should be only one side of these issues that shows respect for, I guess. Some members of the community, of course, were a little upset by that. Media operations are generally, uh, you know, owned by woke operations anyway, like everything else. The idea that they are neutral monitors in any community's affairs is, of course, now ridiculous. Right. You mean there's another side to the story? You can't cover it. Right. Even bringing it
2: up what cost you your job oh yeah well it's hateful sir it's hateful to tell the truth
3: dang man
2: yeah all right it's the trifecta top three stories of the day according to scott robbins down to number one and you want to talk about Geraldo? Uh, well Geraldo tweeted this out today he
3: said good morning it's official i'm off the five on fox the last scheduled show appearance are thursday and friday june 29th and 30th it's been a great run I appreciate having had the opportunity. Being odd man out isn't always easy. For the time being, I'm still a correspondent at large for the time being. Mm-hmm. It's official now. No one cares. <laughs> Gosh dang it.
2: No, there you go. That's the trifecta top yeah. three stories of the day, yeah. according to... Scott Robbins. All yeah. right. Yeah. We got a news update coming up. Also Nimrod's in the news. We'll get to all of that next. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment today. Uh he'll be back uh, next week. Thanks for being with us uh as well. Uh, okay, so r- right now in the House of Representatives, Republicans have put up this uh, measure to censure Representative Adam Schiff over, well, lying about the Russia uh, Trump collusion hoax you know, he was pushing it all the time, using it, uh, using his position on the House Intelligence Committee to put out all sorts of innuendo and then even explicitly saying that they had evidence that Trump colluded with the Russians. Now Democrats are, are desperately trying to defend their guy. Again, I think most Americans probably don't care all that much about the censure. Mm-hmm. I don't really care that much either. But their defenses of Adam Schiff make me laugh out loud. Mike Quigley, uh, Democrat rep from Illinois, uh, had this to say: "This is this is why Republicans are going after Adam Schiff." Scott, okay. All right, this is why.
8: What really gnaws on the majority, what really bothers them is that Mr. Schiff was way better than anybody on their team at debate, at leadership, at messaging, at legal knowledge. He kicked their ass. He was better, he was more effective, and that still bothers them.
2: Uh, I mean, who was, is this buffoon? Uh, he's a moron. He's from Illinois? Yeah.
3: Of course he is. <laughs> Politician yeah. from
2: Illinois. Yeah, I mean, it, it, nobody a had a problem a with him. What a dope. No, no, he was very good at lying with a straight face, and the only reason he got away with it is because most of the media was on his side already. What's, a, what's with all the cartoony crap? Well, I... Well, I <clears> I'm, <throat> I'm, I'm, <sighs> Shut up. I'm picturing him right now as a cartoon ladybug. Yeah, right. Exactly. See, what yeah.
8: really gnaws <laughs> on the majority, <laughs> what <laughs> really bothers them, is that Mr. Shut Schiff up. was way better than anybody on their team. How did
3: these dorks ever get elected? How does that that guy? Holy smokes! Well, sometimes it's just futile. Yeah.
2: It bothers them. <laughs> He's <laughs> better is... at debating. <laughs> then Adam Schiff. Yeah, then Adam Schiff. Adam Golly. Schiff, who actually, just wasn't interested in debating, and as far as had a better knowledge of the law. Well, I mean, it, he was making things up. Yes, he was lying, and about. he got caught lying. He got caught lying and yes. said, Nuh-uh. Yeah. Lying. Yeah, okay. "No, uh, wasn't lying." Oh, okay. Oh, damn! That guy's a pretty good debater, isn't he? <laughs> Really mad about yeah. Him. Shut up. It is. It really is just frustrating to hear to this. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It is uh, when you picture him as a cartoon ladybug, it, it makes it a lot <laughs> funnier. <laughs> well, at least it yeah. adds an element of humor to it. Uh, All right, right it's time for palatable. Yes, it's yeah, time you. for Nimrod's yeah. in the news.
1: All right. <laughs> When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. Oh, All right, It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley,
2: Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
8: I love the poorly educated. All
2: right, Nimrods in the News. Uh, this happened in Kansas. Apparently, there was an inmate there who was only serving uh, jail time on the weekends, uh, plea agreement where basically he goes into jail, goes into lockups, uh, you know, Friday night through Sunday. Wait, what is was Gamble? What's the <laughs> <sequel? laughs> right, part time inmate. Yeah, yeah, no um kid. well someone tried to smuggle meth into the uh, jail by sewing it into his underwear. Oh. There was an inmate who only served time on weekends, and so they came up with a plan to have him come back in with the meth sewn into his underwear. Now the drugs were discovered when he was searched. Apparently the authorities heard rumors about a smuggling attempt. So, not really clear on why or if this is why he was caught, or if they would have found it either way. But two people have been arrested so far. There are a lot more co-conspirators. The guy wearing the underwear was one of the ones who was arrested. Of course, unclear whether he was wearing boxers or briefs. <laughs> okay. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin.